Hi, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. I am going to be starting a book by Jensen Franklin. He's one of my favorite pastors. Overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. Five steps to surviving the chaos of life. Jensen starts out with this. Have you ever felt like giving up lately? I have. Our struggles may look different, but I'm sure you have endured a trying season in your life as I have. Or maybe you are in the thick of one now. Maybe thoughts like these have constantly crossed your mind. How did I get here? How can this be happening to our family? You and I have different lives, but one thing we all we all have in common would be the overwhelming feelings that come from things like heartbreak, betrayal, addiction, mental illness, division, lies, deception, tears, sorrow, discouragement, fear, legal battles, shame, guilt, depression, and the spiritual warfare we never knew existed. Are you sure you want to keep reading this book? I don't mean to trigger you, but it's only fair that I warn you. This book is not all about fairy tales and roses. It's a book about real life, real marriages, real families, and a real Savior who loves us more than we can ever comprehend and who is still writing the script of our lives through every page of pain and confusion. It feels as if our changing, challenging times have left a lot of people with a busted nest. That home, once a nice cozy place to retreat and to rest in, has been dismantled piece by piece. God will sometimes allow our nest to be dismantled in order to teach us how to fly. What seems cruel can also be beneficial. Many Christians have folded their wings and developed the Nestle syndrome, a tendency towards stasis. The nest has become their security, but there comes a time when the mama eagle starts to disturb the nest so the eaglets can fulfill their potential. What a nest of security could not do, a good stirring of the nest can. You are pregnant with promises, but mounting up with wings as eagles requires you to get out of the nest and into the air. Is God disturbing your nest? You are not born to live and die in your nest. You are destined for higher ground. You have a heavenly calling. Many churches have become nester churches where comfort is valued above all else. But remember this. It's better to fail trying to fly than to sit in the nest and die. We find Job crying out. He's saying, paraphrasing, I wish it were like the days of old. I wished I could go back to how it used to be when everything was cozy and comfortable. For I said, I will die in my nest. But God said, no, I didn't bless you to die in the nest. I'm going to take you higher than the rest of the birds can fly. I relate to Job's cry. You may too. Have you ever wondered how something so right, like a great relationship, a meaningful 
vocation, a spiritual calling, a God-designed dream can turn out so wrong? The answer always is sin. It just creeps in through compromise, disobedience, rebellion, worldliness. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we're learning now like never before how to keep holding on to broken pieces until God makes some kind of sense of it all. The spiritual battle taking place now is real. The attacks you and I have gone through and are likely still going through are part of a much larger attack. The end time battle for the minds and hearts of our families is upon us. The battle for the mind is raging. Satan the prince and the power of the air is making an all-out attempt to seize this generation. He is planting his thoughts of rebellion, lust, violence, drunkenness, depression, suicide, addiction, and mayhem in the minds of millions. He is after our minds. With the advancement of technology, Satan has issued new orders to corrupt the minds of this generation through the internet, movies, music, and more. A constant diet of sensuality is being served. A barrage of evil thoughts assault us daily. A deadly war between good and evil is raging. The battleground is not only in the heavens, it's also being waged between your ears. These are the days when Christians are being pressed upon from every angle. Thankfully, God has left us his survival guide for the last days. We were warned in 2 Timothy, in the last days, perilous times will come. The Greek word chalapos translated here as perilous times is used twice in the New Testament once in this verse and once in Matthew 8:28 where it describes two demon possessed men as being extremely fierce it's the same word in each verse these are perilous fierce times our world is facing moral crisis spiritual crisis social crisis financial crisis and international crisis. It feels as though the world is going wild and nations are collapsing. To paraphrase Paul's description of the last days in 2 Timothy, people will live for self alone. They will boast. They will be arrogant and proud and haughty and children will be disobedient to parents. They will be unholy unthankful, unloving, and unforgiving. This is the generation of uns. Don't let this discourage you. Things that seem out of control are still in God's control. God is in complete control no matter what's going on in your life and in the world. You have not escaped his gaze because the world is not getting any better because it's only getting worse. The word of God must be be where you and I focus our attention. God wants you to be saturated 
with his word and motivated by the Holy Spirit so you will be ready for the battle. He wants you to do more than survive these trying times. He wants you to thrive in these last days. So how do we overcome when we feel overwhelmed, outnumbered, out-resourced, and out of options? If you're experiencing trouble, realize that the Lord himself may be bringing you into the discipline of divine disturbance. All of us like it easy. We don't want any difficulty. We like the nest, don't we? (laughs) But God has a purpose for disturbing our comfort and security. He wants us to discover our wings of faith. He wants us to know the joy of flying. God will often humble those he chooses to exalt. When God is going to use you greatly, there will be seasons where he'll allow you to hurt deeply. Your abasement is God's plan for advancement. The Roman emperor executed thousands of Christians, making sure they died in excruciating pain. He also banned the Bible by confiscating and burning as many as he could. Over the ashes of thousands of Bibles, he erected a monument that said in Latin, I can't even pronounce that, but which translate means the name of Christians is now extinct. 25 years later, the emperor Constantine declared the Bible to be God's word. He remarked that it was infallible and that he would rule his entire kingdom by it. The Bible is the incorruptible word of God. No matter how things seem, God's word will prevail. Before COVID, a lot of us were comfortably blessed, but God allowed our nest to be busted up. Job was familiar with that kind of scenario. He had a nice family, a successful business, good health, a blessed marriage. Then he lost it all. Satan did the busting up, but God allowed it. Through this turmoil, Job had to answer three questions. Questions we almost face sooner or later. Can God be trusted when you've when you're submerged in suffering? Job lost his family, finances, physical health, even his reputation, but in the midst of the unimaginable loss, he learned how to praise God like never before. Faith is not about escaping suffering. Faith is enduring suffering through praise. Job made up his mind that he could trust God when he was submerged in suffering. Question two. Can God be trusted when people you love forsake you? Job wrote, my Relatives have failed and my close friends have forgotten me. Have you ever been deeply hurt by close friends or family who said cruel things about you? Has your wife or husband abandoned you? 
Have your children cut you off? Has someone you trusted turned on you? Like Job, you must see there's one who will never leave or forsake you, especially when you're going through the darkest of days. Question three. Can you trust God when you're walking through extreme darkness? Job was in absolute darkness. Are you there right now? He didn't have a clue what God was doing. Job thought God owed him some answers, but God never answered his questions. He just let Job keep walking in darkness. Can you trust God when he gives you no explanations and no light? God eventually did remind Job of his sovereignty, sufficiency, and sympathy. And Job responded with praise. God restored Job double. And if you have the faith of Job, God will do the same for you. In the midst of his trouble, heartbreak, misery, sorrow, and difficulty, Job responded, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And if you'll trust God, as old Job did, God will prove himself faithful for all of heaven holds its breath in expectation of what your answer will be to this question of trust. Thank you for stopping by. And I hope to see you next week. God bless.